I want you to be a student of the Word of God. And by student, I mean uh, take notes. Bring your Bibles or whatever device you use to follow me uh, in the Word of God. And upon the conclusion of each service, be diligent to study throughout the week. And I want to admonish you as believers, you want to hear the Word, hear the Word every day. (laughs) Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken Word of God. So you want to put yourselves in position whereby you are hearing the Word to such a degree that the response is automatic. Amen? Uh, For a subject matter, I want you to write this down. The righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. Amen. Or you can say the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, those of you who have at this point accepted Jesus as your Savior, I want you to say this. I'm righteous. Okay, uh, half of you kind of said it with conviction, half didn't know for sure. But if Jesus is the Lord of your life, declare this, I'm righteous. righteous. Amen. Um, You're not righteous based upon what you do. Jesus made you righteous. And we want to get to a place where where we receive that. Some of us believe it, but we have not yet received it. Now, let me say this. One of the most important questions we will ever answer is what we believe about Christ. One of the most important questions that we will ever answer is what we believe about Christ. All other theological questions are irrelevant until we believe that Jesus is who he said he is. Now, I say that And the reason why this is important, it's important because our thoughts about God, you heard me say this over the years numerous times, this is important because our thoughts about God will determine the quality and direction of my life. I'll say that again. Our thoughts about God will determine the quality and direction of my life. And see, you have to understand this, is that our belief system is the invisible force behind our behavior. Our belief system is the invisible force behind our behavior. If I believe wrong, I'm going to respond wrong. (laughs) If my thoughts about God are flawed, then my behavior God would be flawed. But if I believe correctly, then my behavior would take care of itself. And I'm saying that because religious leaders are somewhat guilty uh, for promulgating a performance-based Christianity or relationship with the Father. It's more about what we do than realizing who we are. So we're trying to make ourselves right before God by doing a bunch of works or things to try to get right with God. So there's no matter how much you try to do right, that's not what makes you right. 
Jesus made you right, and I do right because I am right. I'm not doing right to try to get right. I do right because I am right. Who gets what I'm saying? So as a result of religious leaders, some religious leaders, and let me say this. What religion has done, and you have to understand when we say religion, we're talking about man trying to work his way right or justify himself before God based upon what he does by his own merit. And religion has done a treacherous job in blurring our conceptions about God. Religion has done a treacherous job in blurring our conceptions about God. Just think about it. Depending on what type of denomination you were raised in, most of us have taught or have been taught or under the idea that our righteousness, son, is based upon how well we do something. Well, if you come to church every month, I mean, every, every Sunday out of the month, that's good. But me coming every Sunday is not what makes me right. Well, if you have a prayer life, oh, you're going to be right. Well, it's good to have a prayer life, but me having a prayer life is not what makes me righteous. I have a prayer life because I understand who made me righteous. <laughs> I'm not loving you to be right before God. I love you because I am right with God. And understanding that, it makes me want to love you. But most of us, or a lot of people have been taught that is what, it is what we do that justifies us before God. And it does nothing more than exasperate, wears the person out, and burns them out. <laughs> That's why a great many people have not fully returned after the pandemic because they were burnt out on religion, trying to be right by doing a bunch of things. So what most have in mind about God is not the God of the Bible. That's why, again, the most important question we're ever asked is what we believe about Christ. Are you with me? Now, I mentioned the religious leaders because throughout the Gospels, you will see Jesus uh, in talking about the scribes and the Pharisees, how they would lay heavy burdens or rules that were beyond God's law on the people. See, the traditions of man have made the word of God of no effect. What are the traditions of men? The rules and regulations beyond the word of God that man imposed on people. And that's what we have. A lot of people holding themselves and binding themselves to rules and regulations that is beyond the Word of God. And just like the scribes and Pharisees did, they hold people to these rules and regulations, but they do not do them themselves. That's why Jesus would say, you know, do what they tell you to do because what they tell you to do according to the law is right, but don't act like they do. Because they were good at telling you to do something, but they themselves wouldn't do it. Are you with me? And you can see this in Matthew 23, verses 4 and 5. Let me read it. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, there were extra wide prayer boxes and scripture verses inside them. They wore robes 
with extra long tassels, again, trying to appear to be righteous. And let me tell you something. When you try to make yourself right before God based upon what you do, you're going to end up exhausted. And a lot of people are exhausted. Why? They're burnt out. Listen now, not on the word, not on the truth of God's word, daughter, but on man-made rules and regulations, things that man has imposed, imposed on people. Even Now, notice, they would use Scripture, but they would go beyond it. And you have people now using Scripture, but they would go beyond it, imposing their rules on you, laying heavy burdens on people. Are you with me? And it's nothing more than traditions handed down. Will someone say this? I'm righteous. And there are those who I call, those who are trying to make themselves right based upon what they do. These are the people that I call are on the religious hamster wheel. The religious hamster wheel. Anyone ever, maybe some of you had a hamster when you were small and, you know, you had the little wheel on the inside and it would get on the wheel and wheel. And, and you know, with much activity, <laughs> a lot of works but didn't make any progress. And see, that's what happens when we try to make ourselves right by a bunch of works. We, we got a lot of activity, a lot of works, but we, never, we are never satisfied. Are you here? That's why you still feel kind of, because uh, you, you thought that praying that long would make you right. And you felt all the more distance from God. Boy, this is, and see, here's the thing about religion. It leaves no room for error or wrongdoing. So with someone who's bound by religion, there's no room for error. You better be perfect. You better not do this or you better not do that. God forbid you receive Jesus today and still working on some things. Oh, you're not saved. This is what religion tells you. See, every, you know, my vice may not be your vice. Some may stop quicker than others, but don't you dare tell me I'm not a believer because I'm still trying to overcome some things. But religion tells you you're not because you're still doing it. You hear? But religion leaves no room for error or wrongdoing. In other words, you better not fall short of God's glorious standard. And here's the thing or the problem with Religious leaders or people who are trying to get you, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to behave right without first having you to believe right. See, religion is more concerned about your behavior. Behave right. Do this. Do that. Not knowing that if you believe right, behaving right would take care of itself. And by believing right, I mean you have received who God says you are. See, not only do I believe I'm righteous, I receive the fact that I'm righteous. See, you have to take ownership and possession of Jesus made me right. I didn't pray as long as you did today, but I'm still right. Are you here? A righteous man may fall, 
seven times, eight times. Some of us, 20 times. But it gets back up again. Are you here? It's not what you do that makes you right. I do right because I am righteous. Who gets what I'm saying? I do right because, because I am righteous. See, when I receive it, there's going to be a righteous response. Are you here? <laughs> See, you have to receive the fact that God made me righteous. And when you understand that God made me righteous, there's going to be a righteous response. In other words, your actions will correspond with your position. And your position is you're holy. What do you mean? You've been set apart. You've been distinguished above or other than. That's what holiness means, to be set apart, to be distinguished. What you wear doesn't make you holy. Now, I'm going to look presentable because I am holy, but I'm not trying to become holy by looking a certain way. And that's what religion teaches us. Look at that. He not holy. She not holy. And you know what happens? If you don't receive it, you'll fall victim to religious works. Are you with me? So, to receive your righteousness is to accept it and take it into possession. So, if you receive I'm righteous, you take ownership of it, there's going to be a response, a righteous response. I'm going to respond the way Christ responds. Why? Because I receive it. But you have to take ownership on it, of it. Come on, declare it. I'm righteous. And let me say this. If you're feeling condemned as a believer, that's not God. That's the devil. Or the devil using somebody. And a lot of what we hear in some of these churches is a message of condemnation. Everything you do is wrong. Now, some thing, granted, some things may be wrong, but again, I'm not righteous by what I do. Sir, Jesus made me righteous. See, you keep condemning me because of maybe what I did last night. Not realizing that I'm not what I do. I'm who he says I am. And he says I am righteous. And watch this. The more you take ownership of that, the less you'll find yourself doing that which is unrighteous. But you have to settle the fact that he made me righteous. Are you here? And see, why are you saying this? You cannot fully walk into something that has not become a reality to you. So if this is not a reality to me, you can't walk in it. You will, ever, you will forever feel condemned. 
You'll feel condemned by going to the movies. You'll feel condemned by going to Applebee's, sitting at the bar because there was no more room. You'll feel condemned by going into the gas station because they sell alcohol. This is what people tell you. They sell cigarettes in there. They sell alcohol in there. Well, well, well listen, if where I go condemns me, man, we can't leave the house. Are you here? And people, let me tell you something, and people, they misquote, misinterpret scripture. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. And they take that as, if I go over here where they are, my good's going to be. See, again, that's work. We're talking about works. In the scripture, in context, Paul wasn't talking about you can't go here or you can't go there. What he was telling, uh, there were those who were newly converted, but they were still, some were still uh, uh clinging to the, uh, the works of the law or Judaism, and Paul was saying, listen, man, if, if, if you eating a certain food uh, uh, going to cause them to stumble, don't, don't do it. Don't eat it now because they're still weak. Or if they, if they feel better at sticking to that, don't you do it because it may cause them to be offended. That's what he said about not letting your good be evil spoken of. Not because I'm in a restaurant and they sell alcohol. Guys, I'm telling you. You know how a lot of this started? Man. And the worst thing you can do is give someone who has not been trained in the word the Bible and let them get over people and try to teach you the word. <laughs> say this my standing with God is not based upon my present state or condition I'm in right standing with the Father based upon the finished work of Jesus let that seep my standing with God it's not based upon my present state or condition. See, we have to submit that because devil, Satan's telling you, you know last night. You know this morning. See, again, when you receive it, you're going to work your way out of whatever that thing is. See, if I just believe it, I'm, I'm, I may put it in a park. But if I receive it, there's going to be a response. Are you here? So you'll be further this time next week than you were before. Why? Because I took ownership of it. I'm right. I'm in right standing with the Father based upon what? The finished work of Jesus. Why? How? Are you right because you came to worship today? Are you righteous because you tithe and give an offering? Does that make you righteous? Are you righteous because you fasted? 27 days straight. Are you righteous because you have a skirt on, no makeup, no jewelry, no weave, no, 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 no nothing? You're righteous because Jesus made you righteous.
first point, write this down, first point. What's point number one? <laughs> write this down. Oh, I thought y'all knew, y'all. Y'all not in the spirit? Point number one, I'm righteous. What's point number one? What's point number one? Okay, you can say, I'm righteous, which is another way, because I, I my intellects, I am righteous, whichever, I am, I am, I am, whichever way you want to say it, you're righteous. Come on, let me hear you say it. Say it again. I'm righteous. Second, not because Pastor Rick said it, Crystal. Why are you righteous? Say it again. Say it again. Because of Jesus. Watch this. I thought I had some jeans with holes on it today, but these don't have holes. But in some circles, oh, you, you wouldn't be able to serve today. That's a shame before the Lord. That's what religion would tell you. And you got preachers preaching the message of condemnation because she has holes in her jeans that that's not holy. That's not of God. Man, you, you, sir, you should be sitting down. Ma'am, you should not be teaching the word of God if you're teaching a message of condemnation. Who let you up? Are y'all here? See, again, we're doing things that are just handed down, tradition, not studying for themselves. That's how you came up. That's how your mama mama came up. And we just continuing the tradition. 2 Corinthians 5.21. See, again, how you see God. This is important, guys, because it determines your response. It determines your quality and direction of life. It's so it's important that I view, I see God in light of the truth of his word, not what man has twisted and contorted. It's probably some people watching now, he ain't a preacher, he doesn't have a suit on. Let me, can I enlighten you? Jesus didn't have a Steve Harvey suit. Jesus didn't have a suit and a tie. If we want to be proper, I should come in here with a robe on. Like, not, not this religious stuff we see. And sandals. He wasn't wearing alligators and Gucci and Louis and. See, see how what religion does? Then the man with the suit in town preaching condemnation <laughs> for some. Ready? Let's read. For God, okay, I'm reading. For he made him who knew no sin to be what? Sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now let's look at it from the New Living Translation. So here we see that Christ who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become right with God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for us so you're not the offering. See, religion has you trying to be the offering. 
You're trying to be the offering by what you do, your self-effort, your works. You're not the offering. Christ. Was our offering. That we might become what? The righteousness. No, I'm sorry. For God made Christ who knew, who never knew sin to be what? The offering for our sin. So that we could be made, made right with God through. So we're made right with God through. How? By what you do. You know what? I do right. Because I am right. I'm not doing right. To become right. I do things as a male or a man because that's who I am. Nothing I do makes me a man or male. I am a man. That's why I do what I do. I'm not trying to do things to become a man or become a male. Why? Because God made me a male. So I do what males do. Why? Because God made me a male. I'm not trying to do things to become a male. He made me a male. I'm not doing things to become righteous. He made me righteous. So no matter what I do, doesn't change me being a man. I'm still a man. So no matter what I do, I'm still righteous. Why? Because he made me that way. And you can't unmake me a man because God made me a man. And just like you can't unmake me a man, you can't make me not righteous. Unrighteous. So we're trying to be, look, just be it. Why? That's who I am. Oh. He became sin. Harmathia in the Greek, it means literally to just miss the mark. Failure. Guilt. Fault. So all the faults and failures and guilt, Christ became it so you wouldn't have to be. See, we were guilty before God because of what Adam did. But because of what Jesus did, we were made right with him. Are you here? That we might become the righteousness of God. It's the Greek word, dikaiosone, and it literally means a judicial approval or the verdict of approval or God's approval or divine approval. Did y'all get that? In other words, you've been cleared of the charges that were against you. The verdict is you have now been approved by God through Jesus Christ. He made you right. In other words, the penalty that we owed God, Jesus. Man. That's what he meant when he declared to Telestai, paid in full, debt counseled, debt satisfied. So that charge can't be brought up against you. Why? Because you've been cleared of that. Are you here? See, I'm approved, but I'm not perfect. Who gets that? 
Righteousness is not being perfect. So just, yeah, we're righteous, but you're not perfect. Are you with me? So righteousness does not mean human perfection. You're righteous because God says you are. Who gets that? And, and, and again, because you understand who you are, whatever those imperfections are, guess what's going to happen? Because there's a response, you'll see me, you'll find yourself doing that thing, what? Less and less. Why? Because I'm holy. I've been set apart. Are you here? Then two, you have to understand this. Put this with point one. With point one. And this is one of our points, but I want, I want you to understand this. Righteousness is a gift from God, so you can't work your way to be righteous. Pray. Please pray. Have a life of worship and devotion, but none of those things make you righteous. Jesus made me righteous, so I desire a life of worship and fellowship and communion with him because I am righteous. I'm not trying to do it to become righteous. So when you understand that, you don't necessarily have to announce how often you do a certain thing. Trust you, if I work out, I don't have to say a thing. You know. I can tell, now that brother work out. But if I have to tell you how often I work out, perhaps I'm under this works-based performance trying to, no. I know you're right. This how. I can tell. Are you here? So it's a gift from God. Will you say that? My righteousness is a gift from God. Listen, so it's not something that you can earn or achieve. You cannot earn it or achieve it on your own. You cannot, I said it. Well, my last pastor told, well, your last pastor was wrong. Because the Bible says Jesus made us right. Are you here? So you cannot earn your righteousness. <laughs> Are y'all here? Because some denominations will tell you you got to earn it. <laughs> Call me, you know, Holy Roller, Pentecost, Sanctified Church, whatever. We do not have to earn it. The Baptists don't have to earn it. The Methodists don't have to, the Methodists can't earn it. The non-denomination can't earn it. The holiness can't, whatever, whatever denomination you want, you cannot earn your righteousness before God. Are you here? And when you understand that, notice he took our guilt. Faults. Watch this. And when you understand that, that's why you're able to declare there is now no condemnation. To the again, if you're feeling condemned, you're either uh, uh, entertaining the thoughts of the enemy, or you're listening to some wrong teaching. Because the Holy Spirit never condemns you. He will convict us. But if you are condemned, that's the enemy. Are you here? When Jesus died on the cross, he took our condemnation upon himself. 
he took the punishment that was due us all, our failures, our guilt, faults. He took, he took that. So you don't have to be. Are you here? Let me show you. Romans, see, again, and if you listen to this and you're saying, well, he, if you're saying this, let me tell you, you're bound by religion. He's telling people, man, you can just get out here and live however you want to. First of all, who in here, say, who in here heard me say that? <laughs> but see, that religious, works-based Christianity, it'll have you thinking, he's saying that you can do whatever you want to do. And never heard me say that. That's let, that's let me know you've been gripped with that religious bug. Trying to make yourself right before God by what you do. Romans 8 and 1. So there, okay, let's read this out loud. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. Period. So there is now no condemnation. Write this down. Catacrima is what it, that word condemnation in the Greek is the Greek word catacrima. And it literally means penalty. Punishment. Or penal servitude. So there's no penalty or no punishment. Are you here? Why? Because what we should have got, Christ took on for us. That's why, that's the only reason why we're able to stand before God holy, just, and above reproach. Why? Because of what Jesus did. What I should have got, he took for me. Are you here? And see, you have to understand, my position of righteousness is received by grace through faith, and it cannot be taken away. My position of righteousness is received by grace through faith, and it cannot be taken away. So at that moment when I accept Jesus as my Savior and Lord, boom, I'm made righteous. And it cannot be taken away. So you don't have to come back and get righteous again because you fail. See, again, now, if every time I have to come back and I, what you're trying to do now, you're trying to make yourselves right by what you do. And if that's the case, this altar, would it, it would never, it, uh, hey, It'd be 24-7 around the clock if it was like that. But my righteousness is not based on what I do. It's based on what he did. Are you here? Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Declare it, I'm righteous. And watch this. If you're righteous... You are holy. There's no second work of grace. As some teach. 
I don't, let, let, let me, I'm just trying to help you. There, there's no, when I'm saved, I'm sanctified. I'm already sanctified when I receive salvation. I don't, there, it's not like a save me, Lord, sanctify me, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. It's not like you have to come and get each one. When I receive salvation, the word saint, hagios, literally means holy. The mere fact that I'm a child of God deems me holy. I don't have to come and get holy. He made me holy. So I don't have to, Lord, make me holy or sanctify. You are already sanctified. And no one can show you scripturally where you have to do it one, two, three. And watch this. And when you are born again, the Spirit of God dwells in you. So the indwelling of Holy Spirit is already in you. Now, the baptism is a gift. I have to receive it. But he's in me. Know ye not that your body is a temple of Holy Spirit who lives in so we don't have to keep coming to the altar so come today because I'm just saying this because it's nothing against how people do sometimes we do stuff because that's how we were taught to do it see I came up under the Pentecost and I'm grateful for my roots but it was a get saved alright the Lord say, now ask the Lord to sanctify you. Come on, hey. And they tell you, well, well, if you get sanctified, you won't do that. No, no, uh-uh, no. I've seen folks saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled with the fire, with the everything, and still doing craziness. See, again, we're trying to work our way to, See it, see, it may, maybe because I didn't come up under that, it may sound foreign. This is what people are dealing with. And they're trying to make themselves right. Lord, if you sanctify me, I'll stop doing this. i like to think you would. <laughs> but, but let me tell you something. As long as you keep living, there's going to be some things that you're working on. <laughs> so so don't, don't fool yourself. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh-uh. Don't fool yourself. Does it sound like I'm screaming? I believe Pastor got some issues with how he was raised. I believe, no, no, I don't. I'm grateful for my roots. I'm just saying there's no coming down. Listen, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, you are ready to receive. And I, yeah, you're ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's evidence with the speaking in tongues. That's evidence that I have how the tongues. That I have the in no the infilling. I have the indwelling, but evidence of the infilling is are the tongues. But I don't have to again first son to get saved, second son to get sanctified, third son to get the Holy Ghost. And I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying study your Bible. 
Because to do that, guess what we're trying? We, that's works. I'm trying to get somewhere where God has already placed me. He made you. Do you know what holy mean? Sanctified. Set apart. He made you that way. Once and for all. Are y'all here? See, we go all across the world. So I can't just assume everyone knows. Because there's somebody listening who's saying, I can identify with that brother saying. Because somebody told me that the reason why I keep doing this, because I need to get sanctified. You are already sanctified if you have received Jesus as your Savior. I'm saying this in a nice way. Tell him I said it. Are y'all here? Are we in Ephesians 2 yet? Let's read this. For if by, it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been what? Saved. Actually delivered from. See, here it goes. You know, that word condemnation, remember I said it says punishment, penalty. We've been what? Delivered from judgment and given Eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of, of yourselves, not through your own effort. Did you have to work for your salvation? Lord, save me, Lord. Lord, save me. Save, save. You believe, you confess your mouth, you believe in your heart. You received them. Same thing, you, you don't have to beg for sanctification. You are sanctified, beloved. At the moment you receive salvation. See, what we want, the truth or religion. That's what we, that's what we have to, or, do you want truth or religion? Do you want truth or what man, like the scribes and Pharisees, imposed beyond the word, beyond the word and trying to hold you to it? Only in the church. Nowhere else do we put up with the stuff we see. Somebody can say they call to preach, and you would turn them loose in a pulpit. No training, just because they say they say. Walk into Fayette Piedmont Hospital, talking about the Lord called you to be a brain surgeon. See how many people they let you operate on. And, and, you, and you dropped out of school in the second grade, but the Lord called you to do that. See if they let you go operate. They, they not, matter of fact, they, they can put you in a straight jacket. I tell you what, you won't even go see your dentist. And in conversation, yeah, doc, so where'd you go to school? No, man, I ain't go to school. God called me to do this. Uh, <laughs> You're going to continue to lie there or you're going to like, bro, you better get out of my face, man. God, God called me. I, I'm called to do this. God, uh, what they say, God approved me. Now open your mouth. But in the church, some churches, don't happen here. Certain denominations, all you got to say, God called me. What's the first book of the Bible? I think it's Exodus. Okay, you can preach next Sunday. This is, this is what we're doing, man. 
Are you here? Only in the church. Well, man, I've been saved 20 years, man. Yeah, but where are your credentials, bro? Where, you, where did you go to school to become a dentist? I ain't have to. God showed me how to do it. That's, that's what we'll say out of ignorance. He taught me how the Holy Spirit need not, man need not, just start quoting scriptures, man need not teach me anything. God. Verse 9, not as a result. No, no, no. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but is the what? Undeserved grace is gift of God. Verse 9, not as a result of your own works, not your attempts again to keep the law, which was trying to be right by what you did, so that no one would be able to boast or take credit anyway for his salvation. Do you see this? Second point. Is that 12 from the first or the second? Uh, all right. Let me give you the second point, and we'll get to a place to stop. So point number one was what? I'm righteous. Who made you righteous? Huh? Who? So we want to dress right so we can be righteous, right? Huh? That, that, oh, that ain't why, that ain't why we do it. Are, are you sure? That, that's what I'm talking about, Sister Janice. How should I do it? I dress this way because what? I am right. Not because I'm trying to get. And whether my jeans has holes or not, I'm still righteous, bruh. Who made you righteous? Your denomination. Jesus made you righteous. So don't let nobody condemn you. Matter of fact, nobody can't even accuse you. You over at that church, man, talking about you righteous, man. You ain't righteous. The Bible says none is righteous. So we'll get, we'll get to that point next week. That is not what it meant, what man is saying. You are, well, well first of all, it contradicts Scripture. Jesus made me righteous. So we have to say what he was saying when he said that. Over there at that church, wearing jeans and ladies got on makeup, got weave in the head and all that kind of stuff. And see, this is this what people say, preachers. <clears throat> talking about you, talking about, talking about you, you already sanctified after you get saved. Man, that ain't no, didn't you say, well, bro, just, just line, it, line it out in scripture for me. I, I ain't got to, it's in there, I know about the spirit. And that's who you want to follow. That's who you want to follow. Somebody who, who can't show you but talking about is in there. Show me then. Where at in there? I don't know, but it's in there. I told you I ain't had no training. God just called me. Just listen to what I say. I'm anointed. Fool. What point are we on? Let's get to a place to stop. Say it again. This is put right down point two. See, I only get you at the most twice, a couple times a week. This information is valuable. We need it. Point number two, write this down. Once 
God declares me righteous, no one can accuse me or justly condemn me. Once God declares me righteous, no apostle, no chief apostle, no chief chief apostle, no right reverend prophet, no doctor, nobody behind this pulpit, in the pulpit, outside of it, can accuse you or condemn you. Are you here? And some of these titles we got now, I'm still like, where that one in the Bible? We just can't leave it at prophet. It has to be the highest among the highest prophet. Just can't stick with apostle. It has to be the, the, the top tier chief among the chief prophet. I'm just like, guys, what, what, come on, man. It can't be past. It has to be the the. The, the most honorable, distinguished above all. Just, just, bro. Even saints about it, we just can't say saint. No, I'm the most holiest of saints. <laughs> and nothing you do, watch this, gonna make you any more holy than what God made you. Just like having a, a misstep not going to make you any less holy than what God made you. So once, what's the point number two? Once God declares me righteous, no one can accuse me or just... Now, I only have three verses. I could give them to you now. I'll give them to you next Sunday. I'm going to see what's in Pastor Spirit. I can give them to you now and save it for next Sunday. Which one? Okay, I hear the majority saying now. All right. Because <clears throat> I was done 15 minutes ago, but since y'all want me to go on, I will go on. So what's the second point? I, I don't, I can't say it again. There's me righteous. No one can accuse me or justly condemn me. Romans 8, 31 through 34. You're righteous, man. Say that, I'm righteous. And again, when you receive it, there's going to be a what? Response. So it, when you receive it, it's... It, it, you start lining your actions up with your position, which is holy. So you, you, there's a desire to do right because I understand who I am. So I'm not trying to do it to be right. I do this because I am right. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare his, even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give you everything else? Verse 33, 
Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Who? Who? No one. For God himself has, has given us right standing with himself. God himself has given us right standing with himself. So as you mature and grow, don't let others accuse you or condemn you. Because God, see, you keep thinking I'm the thing. I'm not the thing. I'm righteous. And you're basing my righteousness on the thing. I'm not the proclivity. I'm righteous. But you're saying I'm not because I'm still growing and maturing. Don't let them accuse you. Notice when we talked about sanctification, let me see you students. There's what? Positional sanctification. You get that when? At the time you're born again, you're positionally holy, sanctified. There is progressive sanctification. That's what you do every day. We're growing every day. Then there's perfect or permanent sanctification. And you get that when you go see Jesus. Are you here? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Verse 34, who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. He is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Nobody, beloved, can accuse you. You are the righteousness of God. Now listen, we're going to build on this foundation because, again, one of the most important questions we're ever asked is what we believe about Christ. And the reason why this is important is because our belief system is the invisible force behind our behavior. If I believe wrong, I'm going to behave wrong. And you can be sincere as everything, but you can be sincerely wrong. If I believe wrong, I'm behaving wrong. I'm, I think I'm right, but I'm only doing this based upon what was indoctrinated into me. So it's important that we see ourselves in light of how God sees us. And he sees you holy blameless, and above reproach. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.